Welcome to Being Human. This week, my guest is Tom van der Loop. He's the lead link of Vizi in the Netherlands. Uh, and we'll come on to what lead link means. Uh, Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, yeah, so we connected on LinkedIn. You've got a big hit, uh, interest, well, big interest in Holacracy, as we'll learn. Uh, and Holacracy has been a theme on the on the show. And for those who are not aware of what that is, we can get into that into the into the podcast. Uh, and and you're a lead link for for busy your company, uh, and which is one of the defined roles within the Holacracy system. Uh, and I thought what we do with this pod- podcast is we can we can give people a brief in illustration of what Holacracy is about for those who are unfamiliar with it, and then perhaps zoom out a bit and, and talk more broadly about uh, how it's situated in, 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 I suppose, in broader societal terms uh, as, a, as a way of organizing people. Yeah, so I thought it might be quite fun to show people, and this for those who are listening to this show, you'll have to bear with. But uh, for those watching, I thought I'd share my screen here, and and to give you just a very visceral uh, view of of how a lockery is different, I'm going to to share my screen here, and what I'm going to do is go to the Visi website here, and I can click on Tom's profile, like you might see on any other website. But then you get into Tom's roles, and one of them is, is lead link here. And then you can actually click in and see view all of, all of your roles. And this is entirely public. So anybody can come to the website and, and see all of the roles that, that Tom is attached to, of which there are many. Uh, and so, this, yeah, this is just a stark example of the transparency that operating in this way provides. So should we start with what the lead link role is and then just a bit more of a sense of, of what we're looking at here with all of these uh, these roles here? Yeah, I mean, lead link always uh, sounds strange uh, because uh, Holacracy has uh, its own vocabulary. Uh, but let's say in the end, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, the CEO of the company. Uh, and we'll we'll dive into that uh, deeper and and then let's say the uh, on on this screen you see this different cir- which is called circles uh, but in the end are let's say if you talk about normal companies it would be let's say the departments or uh, let's say people first as an example that would be the HR department or standing and branding would be let's say marketing or um, and and yeah that's 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 the way it's organized. So because of the, it has a different fa- uh, f- vocabulary, it's it's uh, yeah, it sounds very interesting, but it's it's not different than other, let's say, company structures. The only thing is that you see much more roles, and uh, a role is a part of a function. So you just split up a function, and that makes it more fluid. And the difference, let's say, between our company and probably a lot of holacracy companies is that perhaps on the one hand, uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, everybody can just go on the website and see it and Glassrock is open, so this structure. And we probably have more roles. And uh, there are two reasons for that. One reason is that from the beginning, we said, okay, let's try to think really big. So for instance, for those people who know the, the book Exponential Organizations, 
um, uh, where, you, where you think about future growth, you just think, okay, what would happen if the company would be 100 times bigger? And if you split it, uh, the roles uh, in the beginning much stricter um, then you, you get a kind of understanding where you want to go to. And the other thing is that if you split up functions in more roles, it's easier for people who join the company just to watch all those roles and then say, oh, that's interesting. That's something I would join as well. So there are more people who are in a role. In our company, always two people at least. Ah, okay. Does that get confusing? Uh, for me, you know, for 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 the listeners, it's confusing. It's 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 what is what is funny is that let's say for instance, uh, in in all structures where you have this four four eyes principle, I don't know how you call this, but let's say uh, there are always two people uh, who have a role. It's just to to secure uh, that that there's always somebody who will be able to uh, to take care of this role. So it's not so um, yeah it's it's it sounds stranger than it is. And and the lead link, I mean, and that pertains to this idea of a link is is it's it, it's a link between circles. Am I right? Yeah, you have, let's say you have some basic principles if you, let's say, explain holacracy, but you can also take a sociocracy where, it, let's say, it's based on more or less you you have um, a lead link. And a lead link is, let's say, the team leader, which you have in a normal organization or a team as well or a department. And the difference in holacracy, which has taken it from sociocracy, is that you have a rep link, a representative as well, which is chosen by the team. So as a, let's say, with an institutional background, uh, if you think about how a state is built, there you see automatically those names, uh, House of Representatives, for, uh, for, for example, that's where, that's where it comes from. And then you have in a team, besides the lead link, you have somebody who moderates the team meeting and you have a secretary so what you do is all the time you try to make roles smaller which has two uh, main positive effects that um, it is easier to concentrate on on the goal of this role um, uh, and and it's easier to give those roles to people who are really fit fitted to to the role but it's also something which let's say in old structures always have been there as well. So if let's say a board of a foundation or a big company is, is uh, let's say if they have a meeting, then it also makes sense that there is a secretary uh, taking care of the protocol. Or if there is a moderator, it's easier to concentrate on the subject of the meeting. So it's sometimes it sounds very interesting, but it it is, let's say, not more, uh, let's say not very exotic if you compare it with structures we already know. Right. But the, the transparency element of this is is radical. Would you not? Yeah, that's yeah, that's all. That's also funny. Let's say, for instance, because let's say I'm a historian, and 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 let's say if you would compare, let's say uh, the way companies are managed 
which is also funny. The word manage eh, means from, uh, let's say, horses. Eh? You have to, you say what they have to do, which is a strange word. Um, if you compare it with how a state is built, it's, it's uh, let's say, the way a state is built is much more advanced also if you talk about transparency. So the example I often take is that if you talk about the sovereignty in the state, we found it totally normal that we can just follow the debate uh, in the House of Commons or uh, in Parliament. We can also even sit there and, and see how they debate. Even, for instance, there is also, they also split the roles there. Eh? And so somebody who is, who is in charge of the, of the protocol in the House of Commons and this kind of stuff, people are also making the protocol. So, so I would say if you, are, if, you, if you know how states are, uh, function, it's very comparable with that. And if you talk about, for instance, transparency, um, uh, in, in, the, in the state there's a lot of transparency. We find it totally normal that we know how legislation is discussed and we can find it. And so I would say it's perhaps it's radical for uh, old-fashioned management structures but I would say management is, is, let's say, from an institutional, governmental point of view, uh, kind of dictatorship, if you just take a historical context, because you have a CEO who is, let's say, able or has the power to interrupt or to decide about a lot of different stuff. So there are no checks and balances in companies, which in the state there are. If you t talk, for instance, about Trios Politica, uh, we also use, for instance, Trios Politica by, by um, how shall I call this? Let's say you, you need distance, for instance, between what you normally would call HR and, and, and line management. And that's a huge problem in, in companies because line management often is much stronger than HR. And oh, sorry, just to step back. So Trios Politica, I, I'm unfamiliar with that term. What, what do you yeah, mean? Trios, Trios Politica of Montesquieu, where you, where you have a division of power of the three powers. Uh, uh, so the law system is, is is split of the governmental system, and if you make laws, that's split of the uh, executive power. So it's the it's the basis it's the basis of our uh, let's say parliamentary uh, development uh, after absolute monarchy, uh, where you have the enlightenment, uh, especially for instance in the UK, and then and then you say okay you have a parliament and you split the powers, um, and 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 that's something which in companies doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so so okay, so yeah, I can definitely I can definitely see that, that it's true that some of what you're describing exists outside of companies, right? In a in a a bit in a in a in a normal sense, right? There's no there's nothing strange about doing some of what you're saying. And, and it's it's yeah. easy. It's I find it, for instance, very funny that let's say from the business point of view, people who work in business and uh, who have let's say economic background most of the time think that management systems are totally advanced and the state system is not advanced at all but it's exactly the opposite which is also uh, very understandable because management 
exists since 100 years. If you take Taylor, for instance, it's more or less 100 years ago, and the building of our state as a society is 2,000 or 2,500 years. So uh, let's say uh, building states, we had 20 times more time to to uh, to think about what what works and what doesn't work. So um, it's it's in a way it's very strange that 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 even if you have all those words like replink and everybody knows replink is representative, let's think where does it come from or the meetings about uh, in 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 holacracy the, the the meeting where uh, there's a discussion about the rules and the accountabilities is called governance. So you couldn't say it's very difficult to think. Oh, it's called governments. Could it could there be any link to our government or to our government system? But I, I suppose what immediately comes up to viscerally is when I think about how just how badly governments suck at you know doing a lot of things, right? And we think about you know departments and queues and inefficiency and forms and bureaucracy and uh, and it, and certainly the those economies or societies that have become heavily state-run have woefully underperformed versus sort of free market economies. So how how do we how do we explain I, that? I I I I don't really agree on that. Although uh, I'm an entrepreneur myself, so um, it's it's very easy to criticize certain things. But if you just watch society, if you talk about let's say public infrastructure, if you talk about um, educational system, I mean, you can criticize this, uh, 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 but let's say the main infrastructure of a state in general works pretty well. So if I take, for instance, finance as an example, uh, because I'm, I'm, I work in that, in that field, I, I would consider it pretty arrogant of the financial industry to criticize the state and say they are inefficient. Um, uh, I would I would say the, the the state is doing pretty well, uh, but it has a different system. So it's in the state. It's not about how fast can you do legislation. It has to do with checks and balances. So sometimes exa exactly the opposite. But the way it's framed uh, makes it difficult to argue against it. So if you say who is faster, yeah, then it's very simple. And you see it also in economic development that in China you can you can easily decide how many fast uh, train uh, let's say connections you want to build. But if you have a democratic system with a House of Lords or a Senate, uh, that's that's you can you can abolish it and then it becomes faster. But let's say from a historical perspective, there is a reason why we invented the Senate because the Senate has a has a goal. To slow down processes and to guarantee a democratic uh, foundation of those laws. So it's and, and a state. A state is not about efficiency. A state is about liberty. Eh? If you take the French Revolution, uh, it's about equal opportunities, and it has to do something about solidarity. And that's something which, if you frame it like that, I would say this, the state is, is doing pretty well. For instance, being able to tax people. And to redistribute, uh, let's say, wealth is something which is extremely complicated, or av avoiding uh, wars and this kind of stuff. So, depending on uh, what way you frame stuff, 
it's easy to win the discussion. Right. So are we suggesting that, okay, so there are some things that state, that the state machinery or the state approach they works well, and there are others in which it doesn't work so well. Yeah, I would, let's say, just take the, the whole idea of, I mean, you can criticize health, but just to, to keep running a health system in a country for millions and millions of people, or uh, having a kind of public infrastructure, or I mean, you can criticize uh, trains that they are uh, too late, etc. But uh, it's 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 or uh, streets, uh, lightning, uh, electricity, uh, harbors. It doesn't matter what it is, and you can privatize sometimes the stuff. But um, I, I even I mean, you can you can you can make a political discussion out of it. Eh? You can say, for instance, especially if you north, if you take northwestern Europe, Scandinavia, or you take Switzerland, etc. And if I take, let's say, the Swiss public infrastructure, the public transport, I, I haven't seen uh, a private structure which works uh, more advanced or better or is more on time than uh, Swiss public transport or let, take the Japanese uh, uh, traffic. So so it's, it's sometimes the way you frame it, uh, I think it's not very fair. Um, uh, because the goal of society is totally different. It's also that you have to care about, let's say, people who have problems about the weaker part of society. As a company, you don't have to. You can optimize all the time. I hire the smartest and the most, let's say, the fastest people, etc. And if you don't like them anymore, you throw them out. Let's say if you talk about the Anglo-American model, that's that's something a state can't do. You can't say, okay, we don't like those people, put them on a ship somewhere. So uh, it's it's just difficult to compare these kind of uh, things. Right, right, okay. Uh, hmm. But that's got me thinking, because if we take the case that there are some scenarios, some realms in which the private companies do a better job than let's say state departments, um, I suppose, I suppose teasing out in which scenarios these dictatorship-like structures that we find in business are better than a, than the more of the state approach it gets interesting, doesn't it? I, mm. it, it, it? For instance, also interesting, if you say, let's say, the most important goal of a company is to, to survive. Yeah? Mm. Just see how long a company is able to survive. States do survive much longer, but it has to do with checks and balances. It also has to do with limitation of powers. And what's very interesting is that, for instance, people who write constitutions, if you take the American constitution or other, one, other constitutions, those people who were at that moment were very powerful. They had the, let's say, intelligence and also the humbleness to, to for instance, say now you can only be chosen two times as a president in the US. So so and that's very smart. So 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 you don't say at that moment a CEO wouldn't wouldn't start and say, I'm chosen as a CEO, I will I will just decide uh, I will only stay for eight years because it's better for the company uh because at a certain point, especially when I'm doing very well uh the chance of of taking let's say 
too many high risk uh, becomes bigger and bigger. So we should limit my period of time as a CEO to eight years. Nobody does, but people who wrote the constitution, they were clever enough to decide that for the common goal and for the long-term quality of the state, it's very important to limit power. It's Popper. Right. Call Popper. Okay. And, and and if you take, for instance, from another point of view, the UN goals, if you would say, okay, what's, what's the goal of states? Uh, because that's also one reason I, 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 I start to do more in, in uh, let's say, on media. If you just take the UN goals and say, okay, if we want to count or compare and we take life expectancy, uh, criminality, use delinquency, uh, social mobility, it's always, always the Scandinavian countries who are on the, let's say, first ranks. It's always one, two, three, and four. It doesn't matter if it's Sweden, Norway, uh, Denmark, etc. So, and the slogan I like is, if, for instance, if you believe in the American dream, you should move to Denmark. And, and I'm not Danish, eh? so. Um, but if you take the UN goals, it's always North Western Europe, which is in, doesn't matter what statistics. How many people are in prison? A death sentence, uh, social welfare, uh, health. It doesn't matter what you take. Life expectancy. I mean, it's going down in the US. Huh? So if you, if you want to, and, and people from a business background, they always want to, they are very much focused on, on, on ranks or rankings and, and, and uh, numbers, etc. Just take the UN goals and then see, see let's say, in what country uh, they, are, they are going for gold. It's always Scandinavia. Right, but Scandinavia is still a mixed economy, right? I mean, it has, it has a, a, I mean, a large part of those economies are controlled by the state and run by the state, but there's also a very significant portion of the economy that's run through private companies. Yeah, but there, there's the link also to bureaucracy that, let's say the thesis is that decentralized power and, and, and gaining, let's say, huge majorities in the end works best. That's, that's where it is all about. So on the one hand, you have uh, the idea that, let's say, taking decisions on a lower level makes sense to have them taken by the people themselves at this lower level, a decentralized power. Uh, and the other thing is, it's about majorities. And it, and it is about much more about structures in the system and the values than about the leader. So uh, if, you, if you, for instance, if you do interviews on leadership and strong leadership, I always say it's, it's not about strong leadership, it's about strong structures. So if I would ask you, is there anybody who knows one of the presidents or uh, chancellors of the four Scandinavian countries? Nobody can tell you ever. It's always the same. Nobody knows. Because it has decentralized coalition governments where people have a very cooperative way of working together. I mean, you don't have to take the US at the moment because at the moment it's very easy, but 
uh, it's always about large majorities and working together and not against each other. And that's something which you also see in holacracy and yeah, the consent principle, that you try to integrate people, and that's something which is beyond democracy. So democracy is sometimes called the tyranny of the majority. Mm. And then you have the consent principle, which is just one step further, where you say, okay, it will be very easy now to say, okay, we have 60%, we decide, and we have won the election, and, and those 40% who is against, we don't care about them. And that's something which in holacracy, but also in this in this state, if you take, for instance, Scandinavia, but it's more continental Western Europe, that you say, oh, stop, yeah, that would be easy and just continue, but let us, the 40%, oh, what, what are the arguments against this decision? And then you try to integrate it. And it's called integrated decision-making, for instance, in holacracy. And in holacracy, you have this, let's say different levels of decision making that first people ask to understand where they are talking about and just that everybody has the same understanding and first try to understand where you talk about and also try to understand the other person it's also something with in negotiating you learn exactly the same uh, then you ask critical questions uh, and then you criticize i would call it but like from a fundamental uh more scientific point of view and at a political point of view uh, being against because you want to be against and then it's integrated and then at the end everybody is asked if you agree or not and and that's the consent principle, which uh, which I, I I told you is is for instance from the Quakers, where where people sit in a circle and and what, what's the reason behind it, that you in the end want to have everybody on board. Right, but but that agreement is is particular in the sense that it's not that I agree that this is a good idea; it's that I agree I don't believe it will harm us, right? So yeah, kind of but it's, it, it depends a little bit. If if somebody, for instance, it 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 works in two directions. If you take um, a decision and somebody is against, and then in the beginning you have perhaps this feeling, okay, just we should continue, and uh, why can't we just uh, go fast? And then somebody says, hey, did you think about this thing? And they say, oh, no, we didn't. That's good. And then you integrate it, then you have two positive effects. That the one who did the proposal says, Oh, thank you very much. You you thought a little bit further than I did at that moment. And the other ones the other one who, who let's say uh brought brought this topic on the table um or criticized it in that way, uh if you integrate it in in the right way, then 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 somebody will also buy in to it because somebody was able to contribute contribute something to this proposal and that's something which is very 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 positive but you also can see it for instance if you take the tradition of strikes in different countries for instance the Netherlands is a good example you have a permanent way of negotiation uh, going on between employers and then the labor unions and the state and that's these are cons constitutional bodies for this it's called socio-economic 
uh, board and this kind of stuff. And there are people discussing with each other on the on the on a daily basis, more or less. It's not those those owners of the factories and will go on the street and uh, uh, will kill them or uh, let's say this uh, this very extreme revolutionary approach. Uh, which, for instance, you have uh, in France, you had it in the past, also a little bit in the UK. But for instance, in, 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 in the Netherlands or Germany, there was always an integrated uh, body of, of unions. If you, for instance, take the, the, the German car industry, etc., you never had any, any big, big problems. They, they just managed to, uh, to, uh, to work and to cooperate together. So, um, it's a it's a it's a different cultural approach, right? And I know Volkswagen has a very strong union, doesn't it? And it's been very successful. yeah. But for instance, you can also take Scandinavian Scandinavian uh, like Volvo, etc. I mean, uh, I just forgot um, uh, Moore, huh? who is who is uh, making this kind of do documentaries, and then he starts, hey, how many weeks do you have vacation? How does it work? And this kind of stuff. That's and this productivity is enormous, right? Right. But what about, I suppose, the the seemingly obvious point that if we look at uh, the the the, in the American economy mm -hmm. uh, and where arguably there's less of a role for the state um, and we have higher levels of, let's use the quote, dictatorship in the private companies, mm -hmm. they are very, yeah, they are very... Um, successful commercially and a lot of our major success stories in recent past and in, in business have come from that culture yeah i would i would i would i would argue against it um uh, and see it more uh, let's say in a, in a different way you have on, on the one hand you have one huge economy um in the u.s uh and and it, it has a different structure and it is a shareholder value driven um, way of of approaching stuff, but there are a lot of people who say that if you if you take into account, let's say taxes or social costs, etc., then for instance European uh, companies are are more productive. Uh, and there's a lot of statistic also on productivity per hour, for instance. Um, uh, the other thing is that if you take let's say the 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 very successful um, uh, Silicon Valley companies, and you, if you would take them out, then then and if you if you take everything which is which is which is left, then there's a huge 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 difference. And then and then you still have the discussion about the regulation. Uh, if you, for instance, take about the data stuff, etc., and how the how how that's dealt, or uh, I mean the whole internet. I mean it's uh, how how this kind kind of stuff is funded and and how it is protected. Uh, I would say it's it's much more complicated than to say the the American uh, way of working is much more efficient, which isn't, or much more successful. And and you have, for instance, if you talk about, for instance, about the stock market, if you if you take, for instance, European countries like Germany, uh, it's 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 people are not listed, the companies are not listed. So if you, for instance, take uh, Something which you know in in England, Lidl and Aldi, mm. they're they're not listed. 
they're 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 limited companies. And for people listening, they're they're, they're major supermarkets. So, so eighty so eighty so eighty eighty percent eighty percent of the companies I think in Germany are not listed. So it's very very difficult just to take let's say Google and Facebook and this kind of stuff and say oh they are they are doing so so well. It's uh, it's a little bit more complicated. So if you want to reach this topic, let's say from a more statistical point of view, you can take productivity per hour or et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's the same about education. They always say, oh, you have this excellent Ivy League uh, universities, et cetera. But if you just see the statistics on, on, on general education, um, then uh, for instance, Switzerland with, with, let's say, low numbers of people entering university, have a much more skilled labor phase, uh, labor force than the U.S. has, and then you take you take a few bright people from the Ivy League schools and say oh, they are so excellent, uh, and yeah, that's that's uh, it's a little bit it's a little bit more complicated, I would say. Right, right. Yeah, and what comes to mind actually is that one of the most, in terms of profit per head, I know that one of the most successful U.S. companies is Valve, the gaming company who interestingly enough have a, a radically decentralized model um, yeah and it's also something for instance that if you are not listed it's very difficult to know how profitable somebody is because if you if you own your own company you're not interested to maximize your profits you're interested on the long term and you're interested to invest a lot and you're also interested to hide a lot so let's say from a, from a, the way of accounting uh the 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 more continental european way of accounting was to put your own factory buildings for one euro on your balance sheet and then you just have a kind of reserve and but then then let's say if you want to list your company and you want to have institutional investors you have you have to list this stuff for a market value us gap so it's it's really a little bit a little bit more complicated, I would say. Or, for instance, also let's say the value of public infrastructure, the the, the states don't have balance sheet. So how can you, for instance, if you have a, a lot of investment which should be done or isn't done in your public infrastructure, where do you see this and what kind of balance sheet? Because there is no balance sheet for that. So if you would, for instance, take a balance sheet of, I would say, uh, the U.S. and you take their their public infrastructure, then you can't compare it with the infrastructure in Scandinavia or or Switzerland, where everything is polished uh, 24 hours a day. I mean, it's perhaps a little bit extreme, um, but everybody knows because every everything is kept kept in 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 perfect uh, shape. So where do you see this on the balance sheet? Right, right, yeah. I can, I can, I can, I can, I can take the case. I can take the case. I can certainly take the case that you're making in terms of with with American companies, um, the externalities, right? The, the the social cost of some of those operations aren't we don't include when we analyze a lot of um, a lot of but, American companies. But the best example is social mobility. So people sometimes think that because you have a few people in the US and you can always take them as an example if they are in sports or or um it doesn't matter fashion or movie stars etc 
they always have one example and then somebody uh, went to the US and became famous and they say, oh, that's the American dream. From a statistical point of view, that's the example I mentioned before. Uh, if you believe in the American dream, for statistical reasons, you should move to Denmark, highest social mobility. So if you would say, okay, the US, uh, land of uh, milk and honey, uh, uh, it's it's from a statistical point of view, it's just not the case. So, um, but it's it's not discussed that much. Uh, but it's the same with entrepreneurs. So, if from a statistical point of view, and there are also data from the US that the most successful entrepreneurs are, let's say, 42, who started the company with 42, uh, and and taken all the all the successful companies in the US. And that's that's. That's anyway very understandable because those people have worked in corporate companies for a long time. And then at a certain moment, they decided, okay, here's a chance. Now we should do this. Um, but let's say if you read media or, or then you think, okay, it's always the dropout. It's Bill Gates or it's Mark Zuckerberg. So you should drop out of college with 22 and start something. That's the best, uh, the best way of, of becoming uh, the most successful entrepreneur, just just not from a statistical point of view, just not the case. Right. So if we careful with uh, the the stories, yeah. the poster boy stories. Yeah. But what about? Okay. So let's take the. I suppose wh wh where I get to because because there's a part of me that the heart, the, you know, my heart loves the idea of of, of something like holacracy. This idea that we're empowering people right down to the level, the sort of the human humanist in me, mm -hmm. I find it really appealing. Mm -hmm. But my head looks at somebody, and I know like Elon Musk, who just drives forward with an idea ruthlessly and achieves a breakthrough in a sector that there's a part of me that just intuitively feels like that could not happen in the same way by a highly consensus-led business. It would, it's something in me, there's a part of me, my intuition tells me that it couldn't be as bold, it couldn't concentrate as, as much capital on a, on a single bet, it, it wouldn't be able to break through in that way. I mean, do you have examples of companies who've, with, with these, these, these types of structures, more humane structures, let's say, that have, been as accomplished in 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 sort of innovation as as some of these these other companies like like say uh, musks yeah also we're again from a statistic point of view it's always that uh you have this effect of of somebody uh, if you talk about strong leadership that's what i also if you if i if you speak about politics nobody knows the swiss government or the scandinavian government and there you have exactly the same. So um, uh, there's a professor in Germany, he's called Hermann Simon, and he wrote a book, Hidden Champions, and it's about uh, small, medium-sized enterprises who became uh, world market leaders in a certain segment. And you have a lot of, for instance, of those companies in the German-speaking area. Um, and those, those companies, they're not interested to, be, to become well-known. Uh, they don't like that. Uh, they just try to build something further. And there's a lot of niches. So for instance, if you Google this, 
uh, then you, f you find a lot of those companies. Um, uh, so, so there again, you have to go back to statistics. And it's the same if you talk about, about for instance, employment. The idea that, let's say, uh, big corporations or multinationals uh, are the backbone of, uh, of, let's say, economic society is also not the case. Most people just work for small, medium-sized enterprises. But, but we think that there's those huge corporations because they have a huge PR department uh, and they're in the media and the news all the time that, that, that most people in the country work for them. That's just not the case. So and depending on the country, you have, uh, you have uh, differences. Um, so I would always go back uh, to statistics because there are a lot of people who perhaps doing well in a, in a certain field like, and Elon Musk is, is, is an example which uh, everybody uh, mentions nowadays. Um, uh, but, and and it's, it's, it's very interesting what he's doing. But it's it's also, for instance, about taking risks. So so you have you have the same. For instance, if you talk about investing, then everybody knows that women are are doing much better because they're taking less risks. Or if you take about, for instance, leadership, we have the impression that uh, that if somebody's very self-confident, uh, uh, that it means that somebody also has a lot of competence. But it's 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 even the correlation is even uh, the other way around. So so um, and and you can continue and continue for hours with those kind of examples. So um, yes, it can, for instance, be for a certain time that if you take a lot of risks, uh, that that you are successful. But the question always is, how long will you be successful? And and depending on what you want. Uh, or also, um, if you want to talk about it a lot, um, uh, you have a totally different atmosphere, and also, also you see people just less in the press. For instance, take Aldi as an example, the supermarket market chain. And those were two founders. I, there were even no pictures of those people. So, I mean, I don't know how many billion revenues they do. As an example, but let's say everybody would know Whole, Whole Foods and this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you could you could just look it up. And I don't know if Aldi is known at the moment in 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 UK. Okay. Um, yeah, and now it's known. But uh, th these were two brothers, and they divided Germany in in two. Um, uh, and and there were no pictures of those guys. And they didn't do any interviews. Or you have, for instance. A, co a company like Bosch in, 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 in Stuttgart, in the southern part of Germany, uh, uh, which, which was put into a foundation, 40 billion revenues. And when, when do you, did, did you hear something about it? When they had the scandal about uh, the car industry. But those, those companies, they just communicate. And, and, and then you have Musk, in a way, is a very nice example because it's a little bit like American politics. They tweet a lot, and Musk tweets a little bit too much, and eh, that uh, that sometimes gets in trouble. So uh, yeah, just let's see what happens. I'm not so, I'm 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 much more, let's say, in favor of of people who are much more defensive. For instance, if I th also think about um, uh, Good to Great, eh, the book of uh, Jim Collins. Um, 
and they're, let's say, charismatic leaders, you have to be very careful about in politics and also in, in business. And, and it also has to do with self-confidence is very, 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 on the one hand, scary, yeah, if you talk about politics, um, but self-confidence um, uh, often means that people, especially when they are successful for a long time, at a certain moment, they, they, they are disconnected from reality because they just think they can solve everything. Right. Well, you might argue that, that with um, his uh, forays in the in the Thai caves that Elon Musk made. <laughs> but um, yeah, it will it will be that. it will be seen eh, in uh, in the long term. Yeah, but just, but even just to look at the accomplishments, even even if everything he does from now on forwards fails, just just the track record to date is impressive as as I see it. Right. Yeah. Sure. So. So, so what? Are, so, so it seems to me that there are. Is it? Could it be the case that there are certain structures that work well in particular scenarios? Maybe in uh, particular scenarios where taking big risks is is, uh, is, a, is a really successful. Is it, you know is a good strategy. Um. And there are other scenarios where where they don't work as well, or is it the case that if Tesla or SpaceX had been set up with the type of structures that 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 you um, promote, that they would be even better? Yeah, I think I'm just when you were uh, asking, I was just thinking about statistics and uh, and and going to uh, general statistics. If you take, I would I would if you talk about uh innovative or 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 let's say power of innovation which country is always listed number one it's switzerland uh, so switzerland has the excellent is the excellent example of a locracy structure even the government you even don't have a chancellor it's a rotation principle it's the only country i know and they have singapore how many singapore companies do we know so these those companies are 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 let's say those countries are often uh in in those innovation uh in in indices uh ranking at at the top so I don't really know if if you take just one company where somebody let's say is very outspoken uh if it matches with um with statistics um Let's say I think in other fields, if you take, for instance, big data and this kind of stuff, or artificial intelligence, uh, and I don't know if, let's say, Tesla uh, is, is artificial intelligence, but if you if you would go more into that area, if you take Peter Thiel, etc., I would say, for instance, I I find Peter Thiel much more interesting than Elon Musk, but that's another perhaps another topic. But that's I would I would always try to to look for for the data. And, and also for clusters, because in the end, it's it's most of the time on the long run, uh, companies are successful in in a cluster environment. So it's 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 very very. Uh, Silicon Valley is a very good example. And so it's always about ecosystems. Uh, it's a pharmaceutical uh, ecosystem or a med tech or 
this kind of stuff. So, so it will be very, very interesting what happens. I mean, you can say, okay, software is eating everything, and 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 then Tesla is not a car company but a software company, yeah. So and then then it would fit to this ecosystem, but I'm not so sure how how it will continue. And sometimes it also has to do with, um, yeah, governmental structures or if you take, for instance, data as an example. Um, so the, the, the science often says that, for instance, strong leadership uh, is important when you have a, a crisis situation. Uh, because then somebody, and, and I'm not even sure if that's the case. So if you, I mean, you can, you can do research on that and then you end up, especially in war uh, structures. Uh, and then, for instance, uh, the Second World War is a very good example. I mean, uh, the, Germany was defeated because, uh, let's say, the Americans or the, the Allied forces were were able to to continue. Uh, but if you just see battlefield statistics, the Germans until the end of the war were more productive, uh, terrible uh, thing, and they had decentralized structures. So. I'm 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 not really I I don't really if 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 the strong leader is is also in a crisis situation is the best solution. I think that for instance if you talk about if you have to close down a factory or lay off 20% of the people uh there's also research done on that that if you uh open a discussion with all the people and you say okay at the moment we have to lay off 20% how shall we solve it that the outcome is that people start to discuss and and they find out that certain people are willing to let's say work less for a certain period of time and there is a huge solidarity uh so it's not you have to, the one strong guy who takes the extra sheet and just says okay those 20 percent eh? it's kind of a consultancy exercise no you 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 discuss it openly with your people at radical transparency say we have a problem we have i don't know we don't sell enough cars at the moment how shall we solve it and then and then there's also research done on that and then which is funny then after a certain period of time when when people are able to survive this kind of crisis those they're getting the people back who uh, who were laid off in the past or they or they say okay Shall we shall we throw out twenty percent of our colleagues, or shall we shall we decide we all work eighty percent? Mm. And let's say the continental Euro European approach is we all work eighty percent. And 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 let's just see who will be in trouble when you work eighty percent. And then you have let's say somebody who is, I don't know, uh, needs the income uh, because uh, you raise somebody raises uh, his or her children alone, and then people say okay. I can, my wife or my husband also has a very well-paid job. I can go to 70% or 60. So even even if you take about crisis situations, I'm not quite sure if the strong leader who solves the problem uh, uh, for other people is is the best solution. Yeah. And, and and the complexity. I mean, certainly my understanding of complexity science, and that's been a big theme on the on the podcast, suggests that uh, entertaining a diversity of views, seeking out you know fringe 
solutions, um, broadening the scanning range of, of potential opportunities for action, all of that uh, make, makes sense. Um, understanding you know what's what's emerging in the in the in the system right and and being tuned into that but you see it again yeah, also in politics. better way to solve problems now if you talk for instance about elections the question we all we also also get because we went further than holacracy uh, we have chosen chosen lead links so the only lead link who's not chosen yet is me because we started we started on the on the level of the of the circles and the teams to elect with the primus inter pares as a ro rotation leadership uh, structure. So let's say, for example, you have a team of four people, and it's it's a little bit like you have in other structures like like Scrum or Agile structures, where you say, um, so who has the best skills to coordinate the work which has to be done in this team? And in our in our company, there are no difference in salaries between those people in the in the teams. That's based on work experience. And then the people ch choose the person who, to their point of view, is most suited for the job. And 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 we as a let's say company which is pretty let's say advanced. I don't know if it's the right word, but let's say experiments a lot with this kind of solutions. What was asked? Yeah, but then people will will choose somebody who is very weak, etc. It's not the case at all. So, so um, uh, especially because this rotation principle means that somebody does this role for half a year, and then the next one is in charge. Which something is which you also know from, let's say, private life. So if you are if you have friends and you have to organize a trip every year, and you have to do this. Um, um uh, again and again then you will criticize your colleague perhaps a little bit but you say okay next year i have to organize the trip mm. uh, i'll criticize a little bit but not not too much because i know it's my part next next year and there's something which is let's say it's horizontal feedback there's also something people know that peer-to-peer -peer feedback is much stronger um than vertical feedback, uh, and chosen leadership is much stronger than than if let's say the CEO of the company or the lead link also in a locracy decides who should be in charge of the team. But we always get those questions, and then as a historian, I say uh, it's I, we didn't invent it. It's called primus inter pares, and it was invented by Pericles in the Greek uh, uh, state of Athens 2,000 years ago. And there's a reason for that. Or in the Roman Empire, the, the smallest uh, army structure, uh, the one who was in charge, was also chosen, I think seven people or something like that, was chosen by the fellow soldiers. So it's, and I find, let's say, if you just start from zero and you think, okay, if somebody who should be the leader and who should have leadership skills, what makes more sense? That somebody from outside of this team decides who's best suited? Or does it make sense that those people who are in the circle themselves decide who will be the best? And this rotation principle, why is this done? Exactly for the reasons I just gave. That the, the way of treating each other is different when you know it's your turn afterwards. So 
So I find it very funny that, that a lot of these things which we implemented are seen as exotic. Uh, I would say the other way around is very exotic. So somebody from outside decides who is in charge of the team. That's somebody who's pretty far away of the daily work, it comes by now and then. Um, that That's something which really doesn't work. So when I discuss this kind of topics, I always say, just take a very, perhaps it doesn't have to be a very big company, but you could do a test and then ask those people in all those teams if they could vote, and you can do it blindly, uh, who would be the best team leader. And if all those people are chosen who are team leaders now, you have an excellent system. I would rather doubt that the outcome would be like that. Yeah, and I suppose what I'm getting here is, is, is I just digest what you're saying is that there are examples of really badly run states. You know, you might say the Soviet Union or um, Venezuela right now. And they become to, that's what often sort of comes to mind when I think about, you know, heavily state run, uh, uh, state, state, state run uh, economies or societies. But I suppose what you're, you're talking about is actually looking at where state structures employed by the state or mechanisms controlled by the state have been very successful both yeah, historically and contemporarily, like in terms of Switzerland, highly decentralized, yeah. um, and or, or, in the, or in the Dutch case with the integrative decision-making is definitely, from my understanding, a definitely part of the Dutch culture. So actually it's about understanding where successful state-based structures exist and yeah. where business isn't learning from that. Yeah, that's what I would say, but it's, but it's nothing new. I mean, if you take an if you take a state, you have different levels of decision making. So, uh, in 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 it's very normal. And and, and I mean, Switzerland is an extreme example. So, for instance, the taxes are split, uh, and 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 you get three different bills: one from the city, one from the province, or how do you call this, uh, and then one 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 from state. So you know exactly for for which part of public service you're paying what. And then on the lowest level, you always have a, a closed household. So if if too much money is spent, they raise the taxes next year in this village or city. Excellent. Those people in this city decide if they renovate uh, the swimming pool, the public swimming pool, or if they will build, I don't know, um something else in this in this in this a new uh house for elderly etc and th those people are discussing so and you know what the public investments what they cost so people have to vote for this so then they say okay shall we build a new parking space under the opera that costs 60 million in zurich and then you have to vote for this shall we or shall we not so you can't complain afterwards that that the state is spending your tax money because you voted for it, excellent system. So what I was, what I find very, very strange is that that, for instance, I didn't learn this stuff in 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 university. Although I studied political science as well and the different systems, the Swiss government, for instance, has six six I don't know six or seven people. They have a rotation principle, and the problem is that it's always very difficult to invite the chancellor because they don't have. So 
So and primus in the paris means that you have a speaker, but everybody is equal. It's a totally different system. But it's something, let's say, the old trading cities, Hanze, which you had, let's say, in the Netherlands and going up to Scandinavia, or also cities like Hamburg, they had exactly the same. Primus inter pares principles. And it's, 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 it's taken more or less from, from the cities which were governed by the citizens themselves. So it's a re republican principle. It's not a monarchy principle or an absolute principle. So these are structures which come from, let's say, the tr it's a trading tradition where citizens in a city decides and govern the cities themselves. There, that's the historic background, let's say, if you take the last centuries, but it, it's, it's much older. But you also have it in the Middle Ages yeah, of those people who are of certain uh, professions dealing with the toppings together. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I suppose I'd not, I'd not, I suppose I'd, I'd kind of considered this wave of change in organizations to be, um, sort of the leading edge, I suppose, of just where we're at in society. But what I suppose what I'm hearing is that no, these are, these are ideas that have recurred throughout history and we're, we're just now finding ways to implement them in private companies. And maybe that's what's different. But the problem is also that let's say uh, the, the 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 time you live, you you live in a certain system which is framed, and you don't realize that it's framed. So, for instance, we all have a very linear way of thinking. Eh? So it always starts somewhere down and it goes up. Eh? Um, the the Greek had the circular way of thinking. They said it always comes back and back. Uh, but we we always ask, okay there will be always progress, uh, so a very economic way of thinking. Uh, or we call it an economic way of thinking, but it comes from enlightenment. It has to do with uh, taking religion and, and, and science, uh, taking it uh, or split it. Uh, so, and, and you, have the same, you have the same with, let's say, uh, organizational stuff. So the whole way, for instance, of very strong focus on on strong leadership or on individual performance is something which really um, became stronger since the 80s or if you take um, progressive taxes uh, this has been something which let's say from a liberal tradition was very normal also in the us in the 50s etc and it was always also understood, for instance, that there is an obligation for people who had a lot of money to serve society by paying a lot of taxes. That, that has changed in, in the opposite. So, for instance, if you take um, also rich families from the past, I mean, I, I mentioned um, uh, Cadbury family as an example. Those people went and worked for the Red Cross. Uh, and, 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 and gave their money may. And I'm not talking about the pledge. Huh? I'm talking about also that, they, that, that there, was a, there was a huge understanding that, that there's an obligation, for instance, to pay a lot and, and not to try to avoid pay taxes. So, and nowadays, we talk about what is legally 
possible. So, it, so, so it's it's the way of arguing what is right and wrong is not an ethical discussion. It's what is, let's say, from a juridical point of view, is possible. It's a totally different way of framing. And then somebody says, no, it's legally possible. And if we don't do it, all our competitors, they, 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 they have a holding in Amsterdam and, 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 uh, and one in Dublin and, and everybody does. So we also have to. That's, but that's a way of thinking, which if you just would go back, um, it's, uh, it was seen in a totally different way. It also has to do with religion. Eh? So uh, when religion played a much stronger role and you were sitting in the church every week, uh, and somebody's telling from the pulpit uh, what ethics is, uh, uh, it influences the way you behave the rest of the week. But we we don't realize this. Yeah. Yeah, well, even that's kind of, I, I, I read a report recently that Gen Z are more like conservative. Uh, the, the, there's a rise in conservatism, in a sense, this was in the States, uh, and Puritanism. That Puritanism that um, that we're now seeing in, in in some of the young, right? So so the, the, so that seems to be coming back in a sense. Um, yeah, fascinating. This, uh, yeah, and, and I suppose what what I'm struck with here is that this. This type of conversation isn't a common one in in the business in this battle. We don't tend to think we don't talk about history. We don't talk about uh, cycles of history. Um, we don't talk about what's worked in state structures. If I think about the business discourse, it tends to be quite myopic. It tends to be what are Spotify doing, or you know, what Zappos doing? I mean, even the holacracy conversation, it's, it's actually, it tends to be centered on which, which companies have implemented it and how are they doing with it and what's working and what isn't. And we, we, we almost never broaden out and, and think about the, the, the historical perspective. And so it's, it's fascinating to, to think but in these ways. It's also because if you read books or business books, it's able to write books without telling where you have taken the stuff from. And if you have a scientific background, that's something which is not allowed. Yeah? So if you would write something down, let's say at a university, then your teacher would ask, where does it come from? And you have to, and then you have to put your notes and say, and that's from this source, etc. cetera. Uh, and for instance, if you take Oloxy as an example, and you just take the basic principles, these are principles of sociocracy. And, uh, and if you take sociocracy and you go a little bit further, uh, it's, it's a rea reaction on the, on the First World War and, and, and uh, division of society. So people were very afraid, on the one hand, that communism would, would take over. So, for instance, if you take, for instance, the right to vote for, for normal people, that people and before, let's say, 1980 or 19, a lot of countries. So you can just take this and ask, hey, that's interesting. Why in all these countries is it more or less ex exactly amount the same period of time? Yeah, that's because communism was a huge threat at that moment. And, and, and people were just extremely afraid. And then, and then there was a kind of deal. And then they said, okay, just let's say, let normal people also vote. And then we integrate them in our, our 
parliamentary system that was that was happening and um and and this whole way of of integrating for instance the interests of people working in a factory or avoiding war that's something where sociocracy comes from so so uh those principles it's it's kind of integrating the voices of people who do the the work so you don't have the external unions uh, who go on the street and uh, ask for a revolution and say you have to kill all those factory owners uh, that's uh, no try to integrate them in the normal structure and uh, and that's something which happened listen to them and then there also was this ethical christian background so you also have this village in in, in england I, I forgot the name of it which was founded by the cadbury family um uh, where they where where those company owners all started to build houses and schools uh and hospitals and this kind of stuff it's all the same period yeah yeah and that's something which for instance nowadays yeah they build huge headquarters but they don't say okay let's build huge villages with gardens and schools for our people or when they do they do it because they want to attract talent but it's not from a from a christian or ethical attitude i don't know what what was it word view it was uh called is uh i don't know it's called Beauville or something like that in the cadbury family did uh the Bo bourneville yeah bourneville so so and you have a lot of these kind of things it's just not a, it's, it's not an exception you have it everywhere or or they they installed pension funds for their people or uh they said okay when 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 somebody uh is hurt by a machinery etc there should be a solution for that but but it, it also has to do with the christian christian background those people went into church on sundays and the other thing is the other thing was just okay if we care about them they can't uh, perhaps they, uh, uh, communism is not so attractive anymore. Hmm. Hmm. Right. Yeah, but you can see that the communism is a reaction, right? It is a reaction if workers feel like they're oppressed and they feel like they're not listened sure. to. And you mean, when, when, when did the people in France go uh, on the streets? On the one hand, you abolish let's say taxes on uh, on uh, on wealth and on the other hand you raise taxes on i think it was petrol in this uh, in this case but you raise something in, in the past they raised the taxes on bread let's say if you take historical uprisings yeah, and then at a certain point it's 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 enough and 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 after it's but it's exactly the same with the international bodies for instance the un the un charter it's it's no coincidence that it was signed in 48 and it's not it's not uh, uh the predecessor of the united nations i don't know the word of it um league of nations i think it was called uh that was after the first world war and 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 it's a reaction because those people know and for instance they they also were together on the battlefield eh? so if you if you have um, let's say a rich background 
uh, but but you you have to fight together with somebody with, who's a farmer or a, a lower class uh, person, uh, and 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 he he saved your life. You have another attitude, and 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 those people who who were raised in that time and had those experiences, they had another attitude. They just knew that they were lucky they survived, uh, and they. They 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 still had had for instance this kind of elite approach, but but they still knew how to deal or to how to behave towards other people, and that's something if you have if you don't have a war for a long time, uh, uh, people try uh, tend to forget this. As you say, it's not it's not our topic. I mean, I suppose what's emerging for me now is the possibility that the rise of the, you know, the Corbyn, the, 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 the hard left in the UK and Alexander Cortez in the States and the sort of the rise of the socialism with a sort of the capital S, uh, could it be a reaction to a shift in business culture that has left uh, employees feeling less enfranchised? Yeah. Also, let's say from a statistical point of view. I mean, from since the 80s, purchasing power of people who earned money didn't rise, uh, but the profits uh, become bigger and bigger. So, if you, it's 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 something which is, uh, let's say, from a historical point of view, happens again and again, and it's a very sad thing because systematic uh, tendencies are the same every time. So, so, um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, let's say it would be in, in, in your own interest to, uh, to spend more, let's say on the welfare state, uh, because otherwise the pitchforks are coming eh? and that's what it's called. So, so, yeah, and, and I that's, could see that. So, so sorry, I can see that, and I can absolutely see that as the state, the statist response or the state's response. Um, but when I think about it in, in 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 company terms, it seems to me that a structure like the one that you're putting in place for Visi is less likely to result in excess profit taking at the top of the structure. Um, People feeling less looked after down 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 the rungs of the company, right? Yeah, but I even don't know if it's less profitable. So, and then for instance, you can't. No, I'm not saying say, less profitable. I'm saying less profit taking by the top. Uh, yes, but I even I even um, yes, it would that would be the case. Um, but I think in the end, it's um, it's just another another way of approaching things. So I think that, for instance, if you can, let's say the basic need of people is security. They want to be secure that they have a job tomorrow, and they 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 want they want to know that they're not laid off uh, when they're older. So that's the basic need, and they know that they they are taking care of their children who want to go to college and this kind of stuff. And if you if you if you take those securities away, so if you know that if you lose your job, you're you you can't you can't send your children children to college, and all those things are 
are, are combined and are, there are co correlations between them, then the, stresses, the stress goes up. And, it, and if there are Chinese walls between those, so if you take, for instance, the continental European system, you would lose your job, but it doesn't have an effect on your children because they don't have to pay for schools and university. Then you have half of the stress. And, and, and I think, for instance, that, uh, uh, for instance, also a process which is going on in the Netherlands, if you flexibize your workforce, that sounds very nice, but people can't identify themselves with you as a company. And they, they lose a lot of energy because they're insecure, because they don't know if they will be able to work for you next month. Mm -hmm. so, so I even think that it's not productive. So, so sometimes decisions are taken. It's a little bit like leadership or choosing leadership and this kind of thing. Things that, that people think that something is much more productive or you would earn more money. But, but from a statistical point of view, I even don't think that's the case. And then you are again with productivity per person. And, 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 uh, but perhaps we are comparing things which you can't compare because a lot of things you can't calculate. I mean, you can't say, okay, how many people are sick and this kind of stuff. But can you measure the stress of parents uh, who, who, let's say, don't know if they can afford to send their children to university? Can you count this? I don't know. I would say in the end, it ends up in the life expectancy and, the, and, the, and the, let's say the health, the quality of life. And that is something you can measure. But then you end, then you're at the circles round again, then you're in Scandinavia again. Right. Right. But in terms of when I think about, you know, where I have a sphere of influence, it seems to me that there is, there's, there's a lot to be said for how we structure our, our businesses as part of a sustainable society that doesn't veer between communism and populism and you know and and and, and so it, as a as a way to temper some of those political uh, movements we can we can focus on for those of us in, operating in the business world on on how we're organizing our companies and that can what i see as being possible is that can play a big role in what we're talking about yeah but I think I think that um, uh, if you talk, for instance, about the business, I mean, in, 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 if you talk about organizational stuff, it's always talked about safety. For instance, if you talk about feedback and you read books about it, and the funny thing is, it's often also American literature. They talk about safety. And then I always say, yeah, take the Maslow pyramid. The basis is security, not to be fired tomorrow. Or, or that in the system, there is there is an obligation for the employer to tell why are you able to fire somebody. It's not like we don't need you anymore. So uh, on the one hand, it's about ethics. Um, but if you talk about organizational structures, uh, it's it's very funny that if you talk about safety, uh, uh, then, then there are a lot of discussions going on how the way you give feedback, feedback, etc. That's not that's not the topic. 
the basic the basic safety in a company or in a state are other topics. That's also something. For instance, if if you if you know, I mean, you can criticize a national health service and this kind of stuff, but if you are lying in the street and you know that somebody will care for you in the end, or you will brought to a hospital, that's something which uh, uh, a reduction of stress. Yeah, I see it. So it's not just about structure; it's about ethos, and it's about the moral underpinnings of those leading those businesses, right? Yeah, and what and what you see is then that let's say the commitment of people, if you if you can get, I wouldn't say guarantee, but if you can deliver this kind of um, uh, security or safety, and, and let's say in a, in in a state you would say security, and then you would say. Do you trust your government? It's also measured all the time. Eh? Also, Scandinavia again, and they trust their government. And uh, in other in other countries, exactly the opposite. Or uh, are you uh, are you um, uh, able just to cross the street or uh, walk through a city at night and this kind of stuff? Eh? Feel secure. But in a company, you have exactly the same. It's about safety. Are you able? Are you are you able to give feedback each other? Or, or, or do you have to fear that you're thrown out the next day? Uh, how, how's your salary? What is the percentage of your salary is a kind of bonus structure? And how fair is the bonus? Everybody knows. Now, bonus is not about fairness. It's not about it. It's politics in a lot of cases. People are complaining about it all the time. So, so I would say basic need of people is safety or security and then yeah, camaraderie or, or, or collective interest or caring for each other. Let's say it's, but that's also a kind of view. Eh? You have this X and, and, and uh, Y theory. I forgot the name of the American uh, scientist. And it depends on how, how do you, what's your view in the world? Uh, do you think that? Theory why, yeah. yeah. So why well, yeah, and 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 I think that 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 people let's say the starting point is that people care for each other and want to work together and want to work on something uh, let's say which makes sense. People 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 are not no profit maximizers in that way. Right. But so, well, that, yeah, and that resonates with your point about religion, right? And, and and people going to church on a Sunday, you know, you, you're encouraged to see to see God in everybody, right? Yeah, but you have it in religion, you have it in humanism, uh, but but you can also take very, let's say, simple examples of people who are able or willing to spend hours playing with little children in a soccer club, or 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 doing nice things in their own time uh, without getting paid at all. So um, it's, it's, it's re I find it really interesting that a lot of things work in private life where people help each other, which is seen as totally common. And then, and then people think that if you talk about organizations that it's, it's a bunch of egoists. Are they called egoists? Yeah, egoists. Yeah, uh, and, and people are, who are only who are only maximizing their own profits, which is not the case. Which is, let's say, from a social point of view, also very understandable. Because if you would only maximize your own situation, you are not accepted by your colleagues. 
So if, if people have studied anthropology, they would say the most important thing is being accepted by the people around you. So, so for instance, if you are an asshole in, in, with friends, then you're just thrown out of the club or in your family. And they say, sorry, but uh, we're family, but uh, there are certain limits. And, 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 and that's why I also think that there's so much research done on peer-to-peer -peer feedback. Uh, and you can organize this. So if you have a daily, daily stand-up and you, you talk to each other and say, okay, how shall we... How shall we leverage the work? And do we have too much? Or can can you take something, etc.? People are willing to help each other. So it's I think also holacracy or sociocracy is in a way a very human uh, way of 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 leveling uh, the work which has to be done together. And then you can do this in in, in daily in daily standups, etc. But it the the deeper fundament is that that people want to be accepted in a group and they are honest to each other yeah i, I you know and i and i can com i completely buy that and, and and can absolutely see it having worked a lot in the agile community and seeing how a lot of these similar types of structures work so effectively but the i suppose what i'm getting out of this conversation is that there's something even behind that which has people feel motivated to try and set those structures up in the first place. And that's something about regaining our humanity on an individual level and, and seeing businesses as a vehicle for creating humane environments that offer mutual respect and care for others uh, and, as a sort of extension of that personal humanity that, that ultimately then has a transformative effect on society and doesn't have people running to radical ideologies to, yeah. to solve their problems. I mean, I, I see this in a much broader, broader context here than just what's a good way to organize your business, right? But the funny thing is that you also see it, uh, that what I find very interesting is that in the American model, if I would call it like that, you maximize profits, for instance, as a company owner, and then and then afterwards you spend it. Why do you spend it? It's also, let's say, if you go back to anthropology, they want the acceptance of the group. That's that's the mechanism which is there. Because if you wouldn't care about it, you sh you you don't have to give it away. And and but but the starting point would be to do less harm. And so those extreme examples are: you earn a lot of money. Uh, 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 owning Coca-Cola shares, and then you spend it afterwards to a diabetes foundation. Uh, I would say the starting point would be to avoid uh, uh, diabetes um, and, and, diabetes. and, and yeah, diabetes. And that's and that's something in a way which is which is let's say if you just take about companies, is is the millennial generation. Uh, let's say is 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 much clearer on that. They they don't maximize their salary because they they say we we can't identify ourselves with the purpose or the mission of the company. So in Netherlands there was a topic that the Technical University of Delft, which is seen as one of the best technical universities, 
the, the best students are not willing to work for Shell anymore. And you can, you can earn a huge amount of money at Shell because they just don't want anymore. So they don't maximize their profit. They don't say, I maximize my profit. We all want to work for Shell. No, we don't want. We, we want to do less harm. They want to save the world and they probably want to work for the ocean cleanup and, 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 and solve the problems of the world and, or try to save this world. So I think this, this very strong human, um, human approach is in every individual. In the end, everybody wants to go to work, work together with nice people you can trust. Uh, but if you, if you come with a different system and you say to somebody, I install you as a leader and you have 10 people and at the end of the year, you are allowed to give three of them a bonus. Then, then, and, and then you tell those people that they have to work together, but only three of them can get a bonus and two are laid off of the, of the 10. That is the Jack Welch principle. Uh, a, a, a players and B players. And, and, and then you say to all your people, I want to have statistic every quarter. I want to know who's an A player and who's a B player. And, and please get rid of 20% of the people every year. And then afterwards, you tell those people that they have to work together. But oh, yeah. I mean, it's not a recipe but, for productivity. Yeah, but, but let's say people who do it differently have to explain how you can run a company on a, let's say, uh, let's say in a, in a product predictive way if you don't have bonuses i mean i can say okay uh, watch the videos of daniel pink uh it's called his book drive uh but but you can also take the japanese culture where they say if you want to increase productivity the first thing you do in kaizen is to guarantee the job because why would somebody come with a lot of solutions of becoming more efficient when the person knows that he's he's going to be laid off or his colleague yeah no, yeah well I, I, I mentioned this in another podcast it, it made my blood boil and the ceo and former ceo of the big british telecom here said in a press release that they were they were going lean and they were gonna they were gonna lay off 20 percent of their staff and i was like oh. so so it's, 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 let's say what, what I find really interesting is that those people who are in charge and doing this kind of stuff, I mean, they also read Harvest Business Review and all these publications. And, and there's so much scientific research done on this kind of stuff. Everybody knows that bonuses nowadays, right? Is, uh, Daniel Pink and Kane, and, and uh, you can take a lot of other people. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's say if we just say, okay, this kind of scientific stuff, can we just take this as a starting point? And, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you can say, if that's true, what would be then the next step? That would be to abolish all this stuff because it's proven to be, let's say, counterproductive. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. But coming, but I suppose you, you, you're right on a, logic, on a logical basis, but, I, but it, it seems to me that that's not a... It, it, it's it's not a rational shift that's needed here. It's something like a a spiritual or a um a sort of humanistic shift that 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 starts that has people start from a different place. Yeah, the say, problem is how do we do less harm? How do how do how do we how do we create structures that care for people? And then 
and then we're not into a debate about what's the you know are, are people intrinsically or extrinsically motivated and should we use bonuses or not right you're not even in that conversation yeah but the the, the problem is that those people they 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 will put you or those people who say come with a more humanistic approach that you are often put into a kind of pacifistic uh group of of I don't know mindfulness, uh, yoga uh, kind of people, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. this kind of, and and we all we all hug each other all day. So and 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 I think depending on which part of the brain of those people is developed more, let's say more sufficiently, I I just try to say okay, just just take scientific research uh, because because if those people were, understand Excel. Uh, then, then I would say, okay, A means B, and if 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 in this alternative your your producti productivity is higher, then it makes sense. Uh, um, so I would say, uh, uh, if you talk about corporate, if, if you would say, okay, do you want to maximize the output of your team? Then somebody would say, yes, I want. And then you say, okay, does it make sense then? Or, or when when will people work together? Uh, is it more likely that they will work together if you say in advance that two of those you will give a bonus and eight not, or you will lay and you will lay off two of the of 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 the ten at the end of the year, or do you think if you if you would say no we will not lay off anybody, and and uh, uh, there are no bonuses, uh, what is more likely? What's the more likely outcome? And then, and then, and then it's a difficult discussion because you're not discussing then about humanistic approach and mindfulness and meditation and uh, <laughs> Christianity and this kind of stuff because say, I don't believe in God, etc. I mean, so so now then you're talking about maximizing the output, or if you would if you would talk to people and say, okay, social mobility, do you want to maximize social mobility? Uh, does it make sense? Or, or if you want to have the best outcome in a country, then social mobility is very good because you activate more talent. So if you would say, okay, is it important to activate the best talent we have in the country? If, and if you agree on that, then, then it's not, uh, there are a couple of steps in between, but it would be that the the role of the state would be to provide educational system uh, uh let's say where you try to maximize social mobility right yeah and and it may be that there are some people who are who are who are who are one on 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 such rational arguments although i well i suppose i also understand from my own you know, reading it's a, it's it it's ultimately our emotion it's our uh, our emotional responses to those arguments that will have us pick whatever whatever rationale we choose in order to reinforce our existing beliefs but then, so, let's say i like i like i like the humanistic philosophical approach eh? i don't i don't know if you know john rawls theory of justice um you say okay when you would be born somewhere and you don't know from which family you are born what what would be the system you would like to have 
And if you don't know in what environment you are born, you would you would say, okay, I want to have a society where you have chances and where you have a kind of equal opportunities. Uh, so um, let's say you can do this philosophical discussion. Um, but the question is, let's say from a philosophical point of view, if people don't like philosophy or they don't like the humanistic tradition or they say, I, I, I don't care about religion, and they're focused on maximizing shareholder value, then I would even say, okay, if you want to maximize shareholder value, uh, perhaps think about the output of your team. And it's also about decision making, the the the, the outcome of, of, of brainstorming uh, from a diverse group uh, is just higher. Or let's say uh, leadership, the quality of leadership is is much better uh, if if people have more um, emotional intelligence, uh, which women tend to have more than men. But but you start with the outcome. So you have this um, uh, uh, Argentinian professor, Thomas, blah, 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 I don't know. And he says, why are there so incompetent men uh, promoted? And he says, it's not, it's not, don't promote women, but try to try to find out which skills have the best outcome. And these are skills which are focused on listening, uh, cooperation, etc. So the if you if you start with the outcome and then you show where it comes from diversity so don't put diversity on the agenda because you want to have diversity no say do you want to maximize your output yes i want and they say okay then it makes sense to have a little bit more diversity also intellectual diversity so don't hire the same type of people if they all have the same university background that's bad for your output so if you want to maximize your output, hire people with different backgrounds. Yeah, and I know from the last interview I had with, with uh, uh, Lisa Gill, you, you spoke about that. I was blown away by the number of different types of professions you had or back, educational backgrounds working in your mortgage advisory, financial institution, right? It's, it's fascinating. Morris, for me, is just, uh, it, could, it could also be another topic. It's, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs or people who build companies, they just want to build something together. And, and, and what you build together, I, I wouldn't say that it, that it, that it, that it uh, doesn't play any role. I mean, I like the financial industry because it has a huge impact. Um, uh, and it's a kind of oil in the whole machine. Right? Uh, so, so it's a kind of semi-public responsibility you have. And that's why I find it interesting. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, who deal with this kind of topics, uh, and you see that also in this holocracy environment or social social sociocracy environment, they they just want to build together something. Okay, well we've been we've been going for a long time, Tom. This is uh, I, I think I think you have to you have to just cut half of it and then see if. Uh, no, so no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy I'm not your cutter. No, no, well, we don't edit it. We, we, we might take a few clips out, but, but the show goes out. I noticed it. Um, great. 
yeah, this has been a very expansive. This has been very expansive for me. It's really, uh, it's really helped me me think more broadly um, in terms of what we what we're talking about here. It's so, so it's so it's so common for me to get into the detail of these structures and these processes and and and, and, and even just can can and other, you know confining it to the business world. But it's it's been um, I've really appreciated our ability to. to to scan out. I hope, I hope I, I'm, I'm. The problem is that I'm always all over the place. So in and going in all directions. So there are a lot of people. When I, you listen to podcasts, they have one topic, and then you listen to three interviews, and they they are very, let's say, disciplined in in telling uh, their story. Uh, and the problem is that depending on who I'm talking to, or what somebody's background is, or somebody's interest. I can end up in Greek philosophy or in uh, it doesn't matter what what topic and that that sometimes makes it a little bit different difficult but I like the podcast uh, format uh, much better than for instance written articles um, uh, also when I listen listen myself to to podcast because it's much broader and 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 uh, you can you can really go into into certain subjects in a, on a much deeper level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's a it's a revolutionary technology. It's, it's it feels like it's it's something something maybe not as impactful as the printing press, but it, it's certainly a. I think we'll look back at podcasting as having had a massive impact on culture. Yeah, I really like. I also liked uh, your Handelsbank and uh, uh, and and we didn't we didn't mention Handelsbank. It's I mean it's also a very very good example. And so we're discussing about. About a shareholder value and an American system, I, I should have mentioned this this example because we we uh, we emailed on this. If you take Handelsbank, and which banks survived the financial crisis? So 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 and 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 then and then you should ask: Is there a kind of logic? So let's just take all the banks who survived the financial crisis. In the Netherlands, it was the Rabobank. It was the a bank with the cooperative structure. The two other banks were bust. They had to be saved by the by the government. And and the funny thing is that Rabobank is in a transition because they they said no no it's uh, too complicated your decentralized structure. But they survived the financial crisis. If you take the Scandinavian banks, they also did much better. But it's yeah, also like trust it. trusting trusting decentralized power at Handelsbanken. And those people in the branches themselves decide if they take the risk or not. Yeah, and this yeah, is on the, on the And we also touched on this before we came on. Nicholas Taleb and the anti-fragile philosophy, and uh, but it's yeah, it's, anyway, it's that, a, that's another. That's so another. many interesting topics. Okay, well, Richard. thank you so much for your time. So we really have to uh, catch up whenever you are in Amsterdam or Zurich or. Just let me know. It okay, so you're, you're some of your time in Zurich. Yeah, yeah I, the hard problem is I live in Zurich because my family yeah, is here. The problem. No, I have a, a I good have problem a, to have. No, I have, I have a very, very bad uh, feeling about this because I, I think climate, climate change is the biggest problem we have. So, uh, so I fly uh, yeah, too much. Okay, but that's, that's another topic. Okay. All okay, right. enjoy. Well, thank yeah. Okay, thank you okay. so much. Yeah. You too. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Bye. 
The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.